Section 15 of Myths of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Myths of the New World by Daniel Brinton. Chapter 5, Part 4. In contrast to this, so much the more positive was their association of the thunderstorm as that which brings warmth and rain with the renewed vernal life of vegetation. The impressive phenomena which characterize it, the prodigious noise, the awful flash, the portentous gloom, the blast, the rain, have left a profound impression on the myths of every land. Fire from water, warmth and moisture from the destructive breath of the tempest, this was the riddle of riddles to the untutored mind. Out of the eater came forth meat, out of the strong came forth sweetness. It was the visible synthesis of all the divine manifestations, the winds, the waters, and the flames. The Dakotas conceived it as a struggle between the god of waters and the thunderbird for the command of their nation, and as a bird, one of those which makes a whirring sound with their wings, the turkey, the pheasant, or the nighthawk, it was very generally depicted by their neighbors, the Apopascus, Iroquois, and Algonquins. As the herald of the summer, it was to them a good omen and a friendly power. It was the voice of the great spirit of the four winds, speaking from the clouds and admonishing them that the time of corn-planting was at hand. The flames kindled by the lightning were of a sacred nature, proper to be employed in lighting the fires of the religious rites, but on no account to be profaned by the base uses of daily life. When the flash entered the ground it scattered in all directions those stones, such as the flint, which betray their supernal origin by a gleam of fire when struck. These were the thunderbolts, and from such an one, significantly painted red, the Dakotas averred their race, had proceeded. For are we not all in a sense indebted for our lives to fire? There is no end to the fancies entertained by the Sioux concerning thunder, observes Mrs. Eastman. They typified the paradoxical nature of the storm under the character of the giant Wauka. To him cold was heat, and heat cold. When sad he laughed, when merry groaned, the sides of his face and his eyes were of different colors and expressions. He wore horns or a forked headdress to represent the lightning, and with his hands he hurled the meteors. His manifestations were fourfold. In one of the four winds was the drumstick he used to produce the thunder. Omitting many others, even that the sameness of this conception is illustrated by the myth of Tupa, highest god and first man, of the Tupis of Brazil. During this incarnation he taught them agriculture, gave them fire, the cane, and the pisang, and now in the form of a huge bird sweeps over the heavens, watching his children and watering their crops, admonishing them of his presence by the mighty sound of his voice, the rustling of his wings, and the flash of his eye. These are the thunder, the lightning, and the roar of the tempest. He is depicted with horns. He was one of the four brothers, and only after a desperate struggle did he drive his fraternal rivals from the field. In his worship the priests place pebbles in a dry gourd, deck it with feathers and arrows, and rattling it vigorously, reproduce in miniature the tremendous drama of the storm. As nations rose in civilization, these fancies put on a more complex form and a more poetic fullness. Throughout the realm of the Incas the Peruvians venerated as creator of all things, maker of heaven and earth, and ruler of the firmament, the god Ataguhu. The legend was that from him proceeded the first of the mortals, the man, Guamansuri, 
who descended to the earth and there seduced the sister of certain guachamines rayless ones or darklings who then possessed it for this crime they destroyed him but their sister proved pregnant and died in her labor giving birth to two eggs from these emerged the twin brothers apocatecil and piquareo the former was the more powerful by touching the corpse of his mother he brought her to life and he drove off and slew the guachamines and directed by ataguhu released the race of indians from the soil by turning it up with a spade of gold for this reason they adored him as their maker he it was they thought who produced the thunder and the lightning by hurling stones with his sling and the thunderbolts that fall said they are his children few villages were willing to be without one or more of these they were in appearance small round smooth stones but had the admirable properties of securing fertility to the fields protecting from lightning and by a transition easy to understand were also adored as gods of the fire as well material as of the passions and were capable of kindling the dangerous flames of desire in the most frigid bosom therefore they were in great esteem as love charms apocatechil's statue was erected on the mountains with that of his mother on one hand and his brother on the other he was prince of evil and the most respected god of the peruvians from quito to cuzco not an indian but would give all he possessed to conciliate him five priests two stewards and a crowd of slaves served his image and his chief temple was surrounded by a very considerable village whose inhabitants had no other occupation than to wait on him in memory of these brothers twins in peru were deemed always sacred to the lightning and when a woman or even a llama brought them forth a fast was held and sacrifices offered to the two pristine brothers with a chant commencing achuchu cachiqui o thou who causest twins words mistaken by the spaniards for the name of a deity garcilaso de la vega a descendant of the incas has preserved an ancient indigenous poem of his nation presenting the storm myth in a different form which as undoubtedly authentic and not devoid of poetic beauty i translate preserving as much as possible the trochaic tetrasyllabic verse of the original quichua beauteous princess lo thy brother breaks thy vessel now in fragments from the blow come thunder lightning strokes of lightning and thou princess takest the water with it rainest and the hail or snow dispensest viracocha world constructor world enlivener to this office the appointed the created in this pretty waif that has floated down to us from the wreck of a literature now forever lost there is more than one point to attract the notice of the antiquary he may find in it a hint to decipher those names of divinities so common in peruvian legends contiki and ilatiki both mean the thunder vase and both doubtless refer to the conception here displayed of the phenomena of the thunderstorm again twice in this poem is the triple nature of the storm adverted to this is observable in many of the religions of america it constitutes a sort of trinity not in any point resembling that of christianity nor yet the trimurti of india but the only one in the new world the least degree authenticated and which as have seen by ignorant monks has caused its due amount of sterile astonishment thus in the quiche legends we read the first of hurricane is the lightning the second the track of the lightning and the third the stroke of the lightning and these three are hurricane the heart of the sky 
It reappears with characteristic uniformity of outline in Iroquois mythology. Hino, the thunder, gathers the clouds and pours out the warm rain. Therefore he was the patron of husbandry. He was invoked at seed time and harvest, and as purveyor of nourishment he was addressed as grandfather, and his worshippers styled themselves his grandchildren. He rode through the heavens on the clouds, and the thunderbolts which split the forest trees were the stones he hurled at his enemies. Three assistants were assigned him, whose names have unfortunately not been recorded, and whose offices were apparently similar to those of the three companions of Hurricane. So also the Aztecs supposed that Tlaloc, god of rains and waters, ruler of the terrestrial paradise and the season of summer, manifested himself under the three attributes of the flash, the thunderbolt, and the thunder. But this conception of three in one was above the comprehension of the masses, and consequently these deities were also spoken of as fourfold in nature, three and one. Moreover, as has already been pointed out, the thunder-god was usually ruler of the winds, and thus another reason for his quadruplicate nature was suggested. Hurricane, Hauka, Tlaloc, and probably Hino are plural as well as singular nouns, and are used as nominatives to verbs in both numbers. Tlaloc was appealed to as inhabiting each of the cardinal points and every mountaintop. His statue rested on a square stone pedestal facing the east, and had in one hand a serpent of gold, ribbons of silver, crossing to form squares, covered the robe, and the shield was composed of feathers of four colors, yellow, green, red, and blue. Before it was a vase containing all sorts of grain, and the clouds were called his companions, the winds his messengers. As elsewhere the thunderbolts were believed to be flints, and thus, as the emblem of fire and the storm, this stone figures conspicuously in their myths. Tohil, the god who gave the Quiches fire by shaking his sandals, was represented by a flint stone. He is distinctly said to be the same as Quetzalcoatl, one of whose commonest symbols was a flint, Tecpetl. Such a stone, in the beginning of things, fell from heaven to earth and broke into sixteen hundred pieces, each of which sprang up a god. An ancient legend which shadows forth the subjection of all things to him who gathers the clouds from the four corners of the earth, who thunders with his voice, who satisfies with his rain, the desolate and waste ground, and causes the tender herb to spring forth. This is the germ of the adoration of stones as emblems of the fecundating rains. This is why, for example, the Navajos uses their charm for rain certain long round stones which they think fall from the clouds when it thunders. Mishkowatl, the cloud serpent, or Iztak Mixkowatl, or Iztak Mikowatl, the white or gleaming cloud serpent, said to have been the only divinity of the ancient Chichimex, held in high honor by the Nahuas, Nicaraguans, and Atomis, that and identical with Taras, supreme god of the Tarascos, Kamashtili, god of the Tio, Chichimex, is another personification of the thunderstorm. To this day, this is the familiar name of the tropical tornado in the Mexican language. He was represented like Jove, with a bundle of arrows in his hand, the thunderbolts. Both the Nahuas and Tarascos related legends in which he figured as father of the race of man. Like other lords of the lightning, he was worshipped as the dispenser of riches and the patron of traffic. In Nicaragua his image is described as being engraved stones, probably the supposed products of the thunder. End of chapter 5